Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about bouncing back from bad eating choices, right? When you want to lose weight and you eat something that's going to bring you in the opposite direction of losing weight or you overeat something, um, you got to learn to bounce back from it quickly, okay? You got to get rid of the idea that you're going to be perfect on your diet and just ride that perfection out to your goal weight. That, that's not going to happen because it's going to take you longer than you think and no one's perfect. And you can't just change your behaviors 100% in one day. Okay, so once we get that behind us, the next step is what is your strategy to deal with your mistakes? Because you're going to make them. And I believe that the number one skill of mastering your weight is the ability to get back on track quickly because we all make mistakes. I'm constantly making mistakes, but I'm good at getting back on track quickly. Okay, so that's the first step is really understanding that there is no perfection, because if you think there is perfection, then any mistake starts to feel catastrophic. Okay, so we got to let go of that. There is no perfection. You're going to make mistakes this entire process. And so it really comes down to how quickly can you get back on track. And there's one thing you need to do, I believe, more than all others to get yourself back on track quickly. And that is to learn from the mistake you made. This is such an important piece and the diets never teach you this because again, everything's all or nothing. And if you make a mistake, it's because you're weak-willed and you screwed up and you can't do this. Okay, let go of that shit. You are going to learn, learn how to eat like a thin and healthy person. And you have to think about things in your life that you've learned, genuinely learned, you made mistakes and you learned from the mistakes you made so that you got better, you grew, you evolved into a better version of yourself who was able to master the thing you were working on. Weight loss is no different. And so just because you know what you should eat doesn't mean you can just do it all of a sudden. So you're going to make mistakes. And so when we start learning from it, the big thing we want to understand is what preceded the mistake? What preceded the mistake by a minute or two? Specifically, what mood were you in? That's one of the big ones. Were you really hungry? Were you in a really bad mood? Depressed, sad, angry, pissed off, despondent, right? And you got to look back and understand what led to the mistake. If you never learn from your mistakes, how are you ever going to avoid them? If you're running around, again, I keep going back to the psychology of it because that's the most important piece. Learning from your mistakes isn't hard. It's not hard to look and see, oh yeah, I didn't eat anything all morning. I was starving and I couldn't control my eating. Okay, easy. That was easy, see? Oh, I, I ate the wrong foods. I didn't have anything healthy prepared and I got hungry. Okay. Oh, I got in a fight with my boss and I have no way to deal with that energy. So I went just to the food great. You know what I mean? Like that's not that hard to do. You don't do it though, because you're in your mindset of I'm going to start my diet and I got to be perfect with it. No, you don't. And no, you aren't. So this is the next best step. It's the most important thing you can do. So I'm urging you, I'm begging you, please start learning from your weight loss mistakes because you're probably making lots of them right now, <laughs> right? We're a few weeks into January. You probably started out great and now you feel things slipping it, that's normal, right? Cause you got all excited and focused and motivated. Okay. You're forcing yourself to do everything right for a couple of weeks. And now all that energy is starting to fade away and you're making more mistakes. But when you make mistakes, it's all or nothing. And so now you're doing nothing again. We can't have that. Okay. We got to be all or something and we need to consistently learn from the mistakes because this allows you to be strategic. Imagine being strategic with your weight loss. You've never done this, right? You've been tactical. One tactic, no carbs. I'm going to need 1200 calories, no more sugar, right? You get, you get this, this real strict idea in your, I'm going to track every calorie. You get this strict idea in your head and you think you're going to live up to it hundred percent. And as soon as you make a mistake, oh, I blew it. I fell off the wagon. 
What? <laughs> what in your life would you get good at if you approached it that way? Nothing. So what you need to do is realize that this is a process of learning. Weight loss, weight mastery is a process of learning, learning how to eat better. It's not that you can't eat better. It's that you don't know how to eat better because you never practice it consistently. You go all in for a couple days or a couple weeks and then you don't do anything. Okay. So you got to start learning from the mistakes you make. They're your greatest teachers. And you're going to find out that the reason you're making mistakes with your eating isn't because you're a bad person. It isn't because you don't have any willpower. It's because you have very little strategy of how to eat well in situations where you get emotional or you haven't strategically figured out how to eat well so you don't get yourself starving where it's almost impossible to control your eating. And obviously there's more things than that, but those are the big two. And maybe three if we add on, you don't have, you don't have healthy foods prepared for you. Easy, easy to get to at the right times, right? It's basically those three things over and over again, though. And once you find you find real genuine strategies and solutions to them, you're going to find that you can eat a lot better than you have in the past. But you got to learn from your mistakes. <laughs> you can't make a mistake and then just be done with it. You've got to stop doing that, okay? And start learning from your mistakes because it changes everything, all right? So I know you're a smart person. And I know once you start doing this, you're going to get amazing results. And I'm, I'm super excited for you to do that. So I hope this helps you out. And, I, and again, I, I plead one last time. <laughs> Please start learning from your eating mistakes so that you can get better at this. So I hope this helps you out. Uh, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them and we will uh, we'll get into it. Um, dogs are the best medicine. Says your program is the best. Everyone needs to listen to you. You're the one who has so much knowledge. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. My program is the best. It really is. It really, really is. I'm not here to, to sell my program, but, but it truly is the best. I swear. I feel that way because no one talks about this stuff. You know, oh my God, weight loss. Christ, 60 years of people telling you what to eat and what to exercise and no one ever telling you how to manage what's going on in here and in here, right? The main thing that's driving your actual behavior. So yeah, I think my program is the best, but thank you for saying that. It's always nice to hear that. I always like to hear that. Uh, so funny. I'm in a funny mood today. It's funny times. I'm still getting back on track. I don't know. January is a funny month, you know, and, and I always say this to people. I, I, I don't know if I would have realized this. That being a coach, you know, you get to, I think coaching for so long, you start to recognize patterns, all kinds of patterns, but, but the pattern I'm referring to specifically is time-based patterns. And one of the big ones I always notice is the year. You know, I, I, I zoom out and I look at the year and there, there are similar patterns in the year. And so January, right in the beginning of everyone's fired up, you know, um, but then the end of January, everyone's kind of like got a dip, <laughs> you know, because they got all fired up for a couple of weeks. Now there's kind of a dip, um, in the energies. And, uh, I don't know for me anyways, it's kind of been like, I kicked January off and I, I, I did, I kind of, usually in December, I kind of get, I'll, I'll organize a lot of stuff and kind of get myself ready for the new year. And this year I was kind of doing a lot of work in December and then I started organizing in January. So now things are kind of more organized than they've been but even in my house personally, but uh, I find these patterns for myself and, and a lot of clients um, anyways, and I find them interesting, but where are you all at? What, what questions anyone have about weight loss? Are you, are you still trying to lose weight? Are you still in it this year? Have you already given up in 2024? Where's everyone at? Um, because there's always hope. <laughs> and that's what I'm here to do is bring you some hope and not just hope. I don't want to just fire you up. Um, I want to help bring you some strategy too. 
I think the main thing missing from most people's weight loss approach. I think, um, you know, knowing what you should do, knowing that you shouldn't eat carbs, I guess, is, is a tactic. You know, it's one thing. What you need is strategy. You need a more holistic, comprehensive strategy to, to change your weight long term. Um, it's got to have some aspects to it, to the psychology of being a thin, healthy person, you know? Um, does thyroid problems impact weight loss? Um, it certainly can, you know, no doubt about it. There are real physical challenges, folks. I mean, you know this, and I just want to validate that for you. Um, menopause, insulin resistance, thyroid issues, hormonal issues, and, and on and on. All of these things are real, and, and they will potentially impact your weight. However, you can still lose weight, okay? Your weight always is a reflection of the calories you're consuming on average. And so if you begin to, uh, if you reduce the calories over time, you're going to lose weight. Now, those things can also make it harder to do that, you know, but, but so, the, so the real things. Now, what I say to you, anyone who has a physical issue like thyroid, hormone, menopause, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, any of these issues is that um, you, you, you don't want to just go at this calorie wise. And um, I think this is important for everyone, but especially important if you do have some physical challenge you're dealing with. Um, you need to have a lifestyle approach as well. So in Program Yourself Then we have the Weight Mastery Pyramid. It is mindset, lifestyle, eating. And I put it in that order to imply the importance of them. Most people just approach the eating. Maybe they'll exercise a little more, but they never really impact their lifestyle or their mindset in any substantial way. And so if you have a physical challenge, I think influencing your lifestyle to be healthier is really important. And again, I think it's important for everyone, but it's extra important for you. Because think about what's going on. When you've got any of these issues, hormone, thyroid, menopause, insulin resistance, there, there's physical things happening that are making it more difficult to lose weight. And so what we want to do is we want to counteract those. And the lifestyle impacts all do that, okay? And so the lifestyle habits I'm talking about in order of importance sleeping, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. You start weaving these things into your life and they change you at a cellular level in the same way that those other things change you, okay? But they do it in a positive way. And um, again, I, I can go back and tell you that the majority of my clients have been women in some phase of menopause and um, they consistently lose weight. So... Yes, it might be a little slower for you. Yes, it might be a little harder for you, but you can still lose weight. Okay, so I want you to really embrace that and internalize that message because um, it's crucial that you do. If you think that your situation is going to prevent you from losing weight no matter what you do, what's going to happen is it's not that you can't lose weight. It's that you're not going to do the things to lose the weight because you're not going to believe it's going to work. So you say, well, why waste my time? Okay, so you got to start this process off with a rock solid mindset that believes you can do this. Not that it's even going to be the easiest thing. That's even less important. Thanks, Don. You've got to believe on a deep down level that you can do this, you know, and so you, and you can. I'm not aware of any, I, I literally, I, I've been doing this for 30 years personally, 20 years professionally. I am not aware of any, I have never read a case where someone has reduced their calories over time and has not lost weight. That it would be, it would be a medical miracle in a sense you know it, it would defy the laws of, of physics and thermal dynamics so, so i don't know so if you find that ever if you ever find that situation where someone could 
cut their calories down and not lose weight, I, I, please send it to me because I would love to see it. And so again, I think it's important that you, you realize you can. Um, Tree Donum says it's possible and it is. It's absolutely possible. There is hope. There's absolutely hope, folks. And the good news is there's not just hope to lose weight. There's hope. There's even more hope that you could feel a lot better and your quality of life could improve tremendously. What's up, Astrid? On the home trainer, as soon as you're out live on TikTok. Pavlov dog reaction. That's super, super. That's smart, Astrid. I, me personally, like I, I approach all of my own personal, when I'm looking to change my behavior, I am... Pavlovian to the extreme. I'm looking to, when I want to implement a new behavior or change an old behavior, I'm looking to take it off my conscious plate. I don't want to consciously have to think about the change. I want it to be an automated Pavlovian response because then I don't have to waste energy thinking about it. So Astra, that's really smart. I, I, I approach things very similarly. I think that's great. Gina, thank you for the likes. Appreciate that. So yeah, where's everyone at? How's uh, I don't know where people's motivation at. What's your uh, your things at? It's someone, <laughs> someone sent me a, um, some questions about you know we talked a little about this yesterday. Um, Dora says, but I just love being fat. Then that's fine too. You know, I I always listen to work with me. It's it's a big no. It's not wrong, Dora. It is not wrong. Okay, I want I want to make that crystal clear. Um. You know, weight is one of those things in life that is your, you get to decide. You get to decide what you're going to weigh. What's up, Karen? Um, and so if you love being fat, you love eating food, and that gives you a lot of joy and happiness, that's your right. You know, and I really think you should own that because we all get to decide what we're going to weigh. You know? And so what I do is I, I help people that want to lose weight, that, that are struggling to do it, you know? But there's no judgment here. You know, I think we all weigh what we want, to be honest, you know. Um, Erica says, thoughts on fruit, veggies, protein smoothies with no juice. Um, I like them. Now, I, I did those for years. For years, I had a Vitamix. I'd make smoothies every morning. That was a huge part of my strategy. I feel like I upgraded it to salads only for the reason that I think the more natural way you're consuming the food, the better. Okay. And so simply when you're blending it in a smoothie, you're kind of pre-digesting it to some degree, you know, and so it's going to absorb a little quicker. You're going to do less chewing, all the rest of it. Um, so I like to make things as natural as possible, but again, everything's relative, right? So it's like, you know, if you used to have eggs and bacon and orange juice for breakfast, a smoothie is wonderful. Do you understand? Everything's relative. And so we're always looking to just improve on what we're doing. And I think, so, so I think smoothies are great. Okay. And then I think, I think one step above that is a salads because they're just even more natural, but I love them both. And I use both of them. I call it the living vitamin strategy. Typically, if you're going to be drinking smoothies or eating salads, it's not the most taste wise, pleasurable thing you can do. And so we need to reframe why we're doing it, right? We don't have to, not everything we eat and consume has to just be because it tastes so amazing. Once in a while, you can put something in your mouth and body because it's good for you, you know, kind of like a vitamin. You don't take vitamins because they taste good. You take them because they're going to make you healthier. So you can apply that same mindset to food sometimes and you'll benefit if you do, I think. So again, Eric, I, I like, um, 
I like them all. I like smoothies. Um, I don't do smoothies much now because I do the salads and the salads, again, there's six to eight vegetables, fruits in those greens. Um, and so I kind of, that that's what I do now, but I love smoothies. I, I, I'm a huge fan of them. I could add them into my breakfast. I got everything kind of figured out now, but sometimes I do kind of miss them. I'll start making them on the weekend. My kids never liked them. So I put greens in them and they always want me to skip the greens. Maybe I'll start making them on the weekends. I kind of miss them. For years, I was doing those. you know. So anyways, yeah, I think they're great. Um, and obviously, you know the deal with juice. So yeah, skip, stick the, skip the juice. Um, Don says, the more I stick to my lifestyle, the more motivation I build. Oh, absolutely, Don. Absolutely. The lifestyle piece is so important because, again, the weight goal is almost never enough. You just don't give a shit. Don't you get that, folks? If you've been focusing on weight loss for 30 years and all you want to do is lose weight and look better and you haven't done it, I mean, I don't know much proof you would need that that's not enough motivation. And I know I know it's like breaks your brain because you're like, well, all I do is think about looking better and I want it so bad. But if it's not, if you're not getting the result, it's because it's not a motivating idea. And that's not an unusual thing. For most humans... It's not a big, you're not, you have no wiring in your brain to give a shit about how you look really. You really don't. We evolved in an environment where there's no mirrors, pictures. Um, you know, you just, you didn't have a strong sense of how you looked, you know? Now there's two parts to that. I mean, part is we, we ate natural environments. So it's like, well, kind of looked somewhat similar. We were around people that look like us. Um, there's that piece of it. But um, yeah, wanting to look like a supermodel, there's not a whole lot of internal wiring or systems that are, that really motivate you to do that. So you got to find a deeper motivation. And the motivation I always say is that you take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. So that now we make the main focus not about losing weight and looking different. We make the main focus about being different, being the best version of yourself possible. Who is the best you that you can imagine? Now, one aspect of that's your weight. So we're still focusing on the weight, but we're giving it much more meaning because I think you'll find that when you start focusing on how long you're going to live, um, your quality of life while you're alive, your physical comfort and, and movement and ability to be independent for as long as you can be, um, these things are going to be your, your relationships. Who, what are your most important valued relationships in your life? Can you make those better? Being a better version of yourself? Well, of course you can. And so now we get into much bigger things than just wanting to look different. It's just not enough motivation. The diet industry sold you that bullshit forever and you're buying into it because you just you haven't taken a step back to reflect on it. But if if wanting to look better was so motivating, you would have already lost weight. You're just not that motivated. It's just not. And if you want to argue about that, I'd love to. <laughs> Gene says, I don't want to constantly think about what I eat. I agree with you. I want the habits. Yeah, Gene, I, I, don't, I don't think about what I'm constantly going to eat. I just... I just eat what I've programmed in, basically. You know? Like, as soon as I'm done with this column, I'll make a salad and I'll just eat it. it. You know, I don't even think about it. And it's the glorious. It's glorious. It's That's the freedom I'm talking about. That's the mental, emotional freedom I'm talking about. You can't even imagine it. You know? I don't have to worry about my weight. I don't worry about what I'm eating. I know what I'm eating. I know it keeps me at the weight I want. I know what I'm going to eat is in the fridge, ready to go. You know? I know I'm just going to eat it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to feel good afterwards. I'm going to just do whatever I'm doing. You know, and I do this every day and then the weekend comes and I love eating that way. It's different. You know, again, the weekends for pleasure. And so I eat different things on the, on the weekends and I can't wait, you know, so everything works together. But what it leads to is just this, this freedom, this mental, this quiet mental reality I live in where I'm not thinking about my weight. I mean, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do like 
to some degree, but it's mostly on autopilot. You know, like how you brush your teeth, right? It's like you're aware you're doing it and that you do it, but it's mostly an automated behavior that you just do without even thinking about it. So your weight mastery can be the exact same thing when you approach it that way, you know, but you've got to approach it that way. What's up, Bramley? Yeah. Um, I try to incorporate something healthy into everything I'm eating. Example, tomato on a sandwich. Yeah, see, Karen, that's why you're brilliant. That, that's, that's brilliant, you know? And that's what happens. See, you got two choices subconsciously with how you approach your weight loss. You can think about it very short term, which is how dieters think about it. Dieters think about weight loss as a very short term thing. And when you think short term, if it's short term, then you've got to be perfect, right? Because you've got to be perfect with what you're doing. You've got to have an extreme strategy, short term to get the results you want. And um, everything's got to be perfect. Or you can lengthen the time frame forever. And now all of a sudden you don't have to do everything perfect. You just have to start to consistently start doing better. And so if you tell a dieter, oh, I'm going to put a tomato on my sandwich, make it healthier, they'll say, oh yeah, you're going to eat bread? You're going to have mayonnaise on it? You're going to eat a sandwich? Oh, you shouldn't do that. Right? You know what I mean? Like it's that, that it's not perfect, so don't do it. See? But then they're going to be perfect for a couple days, maybe a couple weeks. And then they'll be doing nothing for a couple months, maybe a couple years. And so if you get consistent, you start realizing this is a long-term approach. It's strategies like that. I'm going to put tomato on a sandwich. Well, that's a strategy you can use for the rest of your life. And you may. And you just keep making it healthier. And over time, next thing you know, five years from now, you look down and you're like, holy shit, now I'm just eating salads for lunch. You know what I mean? You're just like, you started with a sandwich, put tomato on it, and now you end up eating a giant salad every day for lunch. That, that's what I'm talking about. You know, No one thinks that way because, again, you've been sold this diet mindset bullshit your whole lives. My whole lives. All of us have. We've seen millions of diet ads, hundreds of diets, all conditioning us wrong. You know, So that's a great... Great strategy, Karen. Bramley Apples, do you keep snacks in your house? Um, I will be completely forthright with you. My, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years personally. And before I had kids, there was never snacks. Okay, now I got two kids. Almost, one's a teenager, one's almost a teenager. Now my feeling is I don't want to, My I've always felt like I want to expose them to some bullshit food so they can deal with it as opposed to never have it in front of them. I don't know if that's the right choice. Oh, wait. So that shit's in the house, okay? And I have snacks in the house. Now, there's a time in my life where if I had snacks in the house, I would eat them consistently. And things have changed. I've, I've just, I've mastered it more now. I've got things kind of locked up strategically, behaviorally, mindset-wise, where there are snacks in my house. And 95% of the time, I just leave them now because I'm just kind of in my zone. So to, to put it another way, like with Program Yourself, then we talk about structuring your eating. So there's breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. Okay, that, that's the maximum, right, amount you can eat. And that's the maximum I started with. <laughs> that's how I used to eat consistently every day. I would have breakfast. Usually it was like Wonder Bread, Jif peanut butter, Rice Krispies or Cheerios with sugar on it. I'd eat that. Then I would get a snack, Usually like mini donuts, a regular donut, croissant, muffin. Then I'd have lunch. Usually I have a sandwich, chips, cookie, um, maybe chocolate milk. Then in afternoon, I'd have a snack, usually a bag of chips, candy bar, maybe a soda. Then I'd have dinner. Dinner was the healthiest meal of the day. A lot of carbs, a lot of pasta, but it was natural homemade food. Um, and then I would eat, you know, all night snacky stuff. Okay. Ice cream, um, chips, 
you know, buffalo wings. I mean, just all that shit. You know what I mean? All the stuff. And so what I started to do is I started to consistently optimize all that. And so I sit in front of you now, and most days I eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I think that's where you ultimately would like to be. Now, Jody's on here. Jody likes to have five meals a day. Great. So, so there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. I do think there's some best practices that you should start with, you know, and then see if they fit with you or not. If they don't fit with you, 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 you tweak them, you know. But I like to get, I like to focus on the meals regardless. And that's what I did. But so, so I started with what I just told you. The first one I wanted to get out of there was the after dinner eating because I knew that was the most egregious eating for me. That was like, I was like five, 700, 1,000, 1,200 calories every day. So I was like, if I get rid of that, I'm going to, I'm going to be a, that's a far way towards getting my, to my weight loss goal. So I worked on that and I eliminated that. And then I was um, consistently kind of optimizing the meals. And then eventually, you know, I start optimizing the snacks and, you know, now it's just years later. And now here I am, I don't really snack very much at all either. So, so that's a long answer to your question, but do I keep snacks in the house? There are like ridiculous snacks like Doritos and bullshit like that. I, I don't even go near those. I don't like eating that stuff. That's a whole conversation I could go into. But um, I have healthy snacks too. Um, almonds, fruit. And that's that's the fruits. The snack I, I've shifted onto this year, I would say last year that was the big shift for me, is if I was going to snack, and I don't really snack very often because my, my, my meals are very structured and strategic so that I'm very satisfied. Okay, so I don't find the need to snack. I don't stop myself from snacking. I can snack if I want to, um, but I don't typically snack. Last year, I was like, okay, if I'm going to have a snack, I'm going to have fruit. And that's been really a game changer too. Um, But I don't really snack very often either. So that was a long answer, but I I think that's an important question too. So that's why it's been on it. Enjoy it and feel good before and after. Win-win healthy food tastes good too. Yeah, Karen, that's a brilliant strategy. I love it. Um, Bradley says, totally agree with you. Yep. Always wondered, is that a sheet behind you or a green screen? No, it's a picture. I don't know. Can you see? It's like a, a big painting. I had um, a couple of years ago, I, I rented another office and I was going to do things in there. And I bought like, it was a big office, you know, and I, and it was like, it wasn't, it was like, yeah, it was big. But, um, and I bought like six like giant pictures <laughs> and then I decided I don't want to do that. And so uh, I put one behind me. A two candy bake every up. No, it's a, it's a, it's like one of them. But like a canvas, I don't know. It's like it's like that thick, right? It kind of sticks off the wall. But uh, yeah, it's so funny because I've had because I've had I had I've had two offices, two hypnosis offices. But my first hypnosis office was the coolest one for sure. I'd bought all this like cool office stuff and I had cool pictures. I have another one. I I should I should put it somewhere. It, it's one of my favorites. It's it's a Dolly picture, and um, let's see what it's called. I forget what it's called, but I love it. It was so great because it was my hypnosis office. It was. It was something about sleep. Let's see. It's one of my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's called sleep. Um, yeah. If you look it up, you'll see it. But it's it's Dolly's sleep, and it's like it's a picture of a face, which is a weird picture of a face, but it's like hanging on sticks, and it's a sleeping face. I, I love it. But boy, it was the perfect picture for a hypnotist, you know, because that's what I used to do. Um, so, anyways. But uh, how did you deal with after dinner eating? Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, that was my first, like I said, that was the first habit. So what I like to share with people is I think what most people do is they overwhelm themselves, right? And you try and change all your eating all at once. I instead suggest a first and 
I suggest a first and worst, worst and first strategy, which is that you start with your worst eating habit and your first eating of the day. Okay. And so the worst eating habit you work on figuring out, I mean, first thing I do is understand it. You know, again, I know you just want to stop eating, right? But, but again, you don't, you don't have to just stop. You got the three R's, reduce, replace, remove, but you go to work on your worst eating habit and you start to understand it. You try different things and you strategically work to eliminate it. Okay. And then the first is you start with your first meal of the day, seek to optimize it. Okay. Because every day you're building a house with your nutrition. So if you start with the first meal and you really make a very nourishing, healthy, clean, good food, it's going to impact the rest of your day. So I think that's a good strategic way to start changing your eating. We're not just changing all of it at once. All right. Um, but yeah, the evening one, you know, it, it took a lot of trial and error. It's not just one thing. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It wasn't me just saying, oh, you know what? I'm not going to eat at night anymore. You know, like that's not how I dealt with it. Um, I will tell you something counterintuitive, and this is what I mean. It was a number of things I did. But one thing, for example, is when I first said, okay, I want to not eat at night. The first thing I had to do is, can I get through one night of not eating? That felt like that felt really difficult to get through one night without snacking at night felt really hard. So that was my first goal, not to not eat ever again at night. It was to, can I get through a night where I don't eat? And so what I did is I ate extra at dinner that night. So I could get through the night. And I was, oh, Jim, how are you not going to lose weight if you eat more? I know. I don't give a shit. I, was, I can actually, because I don't have a time frame that's this long, I can take my time and I can have phases. And so the first thing I want to do is get through a night where I didn't eat. And so I ate extra at dinner so I felt more full. And then I went through the night. What's it like? Right? Again, we're talking about Pavlovian. What's it like to go through an evening without eating anything? You may not even know. It might be 20 years since you have gone through the evening on a t- typical evening without eating at night. So the first thing I do is to get through a night and I know it sounds silly, um, but it's like your, your subconscious mind freaks out, (laughs) you know, it really does. So, um, it's just crazy. It's crazy. So, uh, you know, that's the first thing. And then, you know, you start to try other different things and I tried to, Oh, we need some carrots and celery and then drink some water with it. Um, then I started doing yoga at night. That was a huge help. Um, you know, and then just kind of wrap your head around it slowly. It starts to normalize to it. So it's a process, you know, and I did, I did a lot of mental programming along the way too. And that was a huge, that was the biggest part of it. I can't really describe all that here, but I did in programming yourself, then the core technique we use is the redo rehearsal technique. And so I consistently would redo how I did in the evening and rehearse how I was going to do tomorrow night. And so I programmed into my mind, a new way of behaving in the evening I trained my subconscious mind to do it. So I Pavlovinly like as eight o'clock starts approaches, I, I handle it differently. So that's not a very satisfying answer, but it's, there's a lot of wisdom in that answer because it's less about something I could tell, Oh, I did this, you know, and then you try and didn't work. Oh, that doesn't work. It's not about what I did. It's about the process I used to figure out what I was going to do. That the process is way more important and the process is something you can do starting immediately, you know, but if I just shared my tactic with you, it wouldn't work. Um, John says, lunch is the hardest for me in sales, often on the road with clients, don't want to be that guy. Yeah, John, I get that. I totally get that. And that is a, an aspect of weight loss that we never talk about enough, is that how does your shift in behavior going to impact relationships? And it is. Probably not to the degree you think it's going to, but it is. And so, yeah, you go out on a client lunch and you know you go and get the salad or, you know, you, you sit there and eat some soup, it can feel weird. Now, part of it's how it feels to you, and part of it is the reality of it, that it seems weird in this context. 
So, you know, it's there's a lot to deal with. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, if you want to change your eating behaviors, it's not just like, oh, tomorrow I start my diet. Yeah, well, it ain't going to last long because you got all the mental programming of being an overweight person. So you've got to reprogram yourself. You know, there's going to be a thin person tomorrow because you start your keto plan. You know? And so um, it's this process of realizing just how much is is invested in behaving the way you behave. And so, yeah, John, I get that. Let's talk about that on the, on the coaching call. Let's talk about that because that's a real, that's a real challenge. And what you got to do, it's kind of similar to what I to say to anyone, like everyone's got their challenges. You might live with people that try and sabotage you or put you down. Um, you may have physical issues, hormone, thyroid, m- menopause, insulin resistance. Everyone's got a challenge. And so you've got to isolate it, identify it, isolate it, and figure out strategies to deal with it. And some of those strategies are like real, like, okay, what can I do when I go to, out to eat? What can I order? That type of thing. But a lot of it is how, am I, how do I feel mentally, emotionally? You know? And if you feel insecure about ordering a salad on a, on a lunch sales call, we got we to go at that. And either like, can we, can we change that? Or do we need to come up with a different strategy? You see, so, so again, there's, when you start approaching things this way though, it starts to become very fun, especially for anyone that's here. Because I know if you're listening to me, you're an overthinker. <laughs> Everyone that gravitates to my, because I'm an overthinker, and so I must just project that out into the world. And um, it, it's been consistent. 20 years professionally, I've been doing this. It's always overthinkers. And so um, your overthinking is not the problem. It's what you're overthinking. And when you start overthinking solutions, it's it's crazy how fast the results start flowing for you and just how different the process is, you know, because it becomes less about, so what? So you make a mistake. So what? Now you start overthinking on the solution and what you could have done differently. That, that That's not what you're doing. <laughs> you're overthinking what a piece of shit you are for making the wrong decision. You know, just grinding yourself down. You don't realize it. Anna says, I asked myself, what would a skinny person eat here when I'm making decisions and I often don't know? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point, Anna. You don't know. So I hope everyone understands this. I make this point all the time, especially my law of attraction peeps. Um, I, I like law of attraction to a point, but it's kind of fucking goofy. Like when we really take a step back, this idea, some things law of attraction is great for, okay? But some things it's not great for. Well, let's just say, you know, you want to be a successful, you want to be a successful entrepreneur. You can imagine yourself being a successful entrepreneur all day long, but you're going to need some skills in order to become that successful entrepreneur. Do you know what I'm saying? Let me just take it to the extreme. You can law of attraction yourself with the piano. Uh, you never played the piano. I'm an amazing piano player. I'm an amazing piano. Oh, I'm the best in the world. I play Beethoven. I play blah, 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 blah. And then I'll sit your ass in front of a piano and guess what? We're going to hear. Plink, 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 nothing. <laughs> okay? So law of attraction has its place. I think it's valuable when you're combining it with learning real hard skills that actually impact what you're aiming at. Okay? And so weight loss, when you want to lose weight, so much of it is learning the nuts and bolts, granular skills of being a thin and healthy person. So, Annie, you really highlighted a very important distinction here. Okay? What would a skinny person do? This is why... Now, by the way, you're in real time, it's hard to change your behavior because you're like Pavlov's dogs. We're all like Pavlov's dogs. We're environmentally triggered into a different version of ourselves. And so you're like, okay, how does a thin person... How does a skinny person think? You don't have any... You don't know. If you haven't been thinking like a thin, healthy person for a long time, you don't know the answer to that question. So how do you figure it out? Well, it's not just in the spur of the moment. You know? It's... um. 
it's again like he sat down at the piano right it's like there's a bunch of people sitting around and you know, there's a piano there and you're just going to go up you never you've been law of attraction yourself for three weeks straight and you go and sit at the piano but you never actually learned a song you're not going to do anything so where's the time to learn it's not then while you're sitting at the piano in front of these people it's outside of that situation when you go home and you practice and so the redo rehearsal technique we, we use in the program yourself then program is that it's we do it out of time. We reflect on the day and we say, oh, you know, I went to this restaurant and I said, what is a skinny person? What would a skinny person in this situation? And I don't know. I don't know what a skinny person would do. So we need to have some time where we get to practice being a thin and healthy person. And that's what the redo rehearsal technique is really all about. It's about practicing and figuring out how a thin and healthy person thinks and behaves. So you're right on the money, Anna. There's nothing wrong with what we're talking about here. That's a totally, that's a great insight. And now you're better off. You're further down the path now because you realize that. See, this is the weight mastery path we're talking about. It's wonderful because when you hit a roadblock, it's wonderful because you get to learn something new. When you're dieting, you never learn shit. You're not learning anything when you're dieting. You're doing it and then you're stopping doing it. Then you're doing it and then you're stopping doing it. And you stay the exact same person the whole time. This is why you're 20, 30 years into trying to diet and you're in the exact same spot, if not worse. Okay? Weight mastery that we keep learning and grow. We look forward to the mistakes. Shit. I went to the restaurant today. I don't know how the fuck a skinny, healthy person eats. Turns out I don't know. Great. Because <laughs> how would you fix that if you didn't realize that? How would you ever fix that? Because if you're in your head thinking, oh, I know what to do. I just got to do, I just got to make the right decisions. And that ain't that simple. I don't know how you don't know that by now. You know, 95% of people out here fail to lose weight on a diet long term. So you got to figure out how to be a thin and healthy person because you don't know how to do it. That's a great point. And so, yeah. I, I, so how does that thin and healthy person do it? I will tell you this, Anna. If you go back in time to whatever situation you were referencing and now, again, out of time. So, so it's hard to do it in the moment because all these environmental tr tr triggers are firing off in you and you're not prepared for it. So it's like if you can calm down later that night when you're in a neutral setting, you're at home, you're calm, you're relaxed, you look back on it and you think about it. If I was a thin and healthy person, what's something else I could have done in that situation? And you reflect on it. And if you know, the first night, I don't know. And then you think about it again the next night. Oh, I could have had some water. I could have had a small meal before I went. I could have eaten an apple a half hour before. I could have, whatever. Again, I don't know the situation. So it's like, I don't know what the answer would be. But when you figure out, oh, that, that might've worked. And again, it's just an attitude of experimentation. You know, so oh, maybe I could have tried that. That might have worked. And then you go and try it. Holy shit. Now I got a strategy. See, the big difference between you and me right now, if you're struggling with your weight, is that I've got a stockpile of strategies that I can rely on. Mental strategies, emotional strategies, behavioral strategies. You don't have any strategies. You've got one tactic. I'm going to use my willpower to force myself to do the right thing. I couldn't, I couldn't succeed with that. I didn't, and I couldn't succeed with that. I have layered multiple strategies. Again, in Program Yourself Then, we have the Weight Mastery Blueprints, which you go through. It's your mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, eating blueprint. Because you say, oh, I, I can't, I, I need a new mindset. That's a new buzzword, right? Oh, you need a better mindset. But people are using that like willpower anyways. What do they mean? You need to have the right mindset. Come on, come on. Well, what the fuck? How's that help me? So in Program Yourself Thin, there's six categories of a proper mindset that we go through. It's a fill in the blank, you know? So you figure it out for you. The first step is motivation. Do you know how to motivate yourself? The second step is your self-image. This whole process is about changing who you are as an identity. 
So we need to focus on changing and becoming the self-image, the person, the identity you want to become. Then there's habits. Do you know how to strategically change your habits? Then there's emotions. Do you know how to genuinely feel the emotions you want to feel and deal with the shitty emotions you don't want to feel without food? Next is thinking. Right back to Anna. Do you literally, do you know how to think like a thin and healthy person? Do you know the questions to ask? Do you know how to think about food? Do you know how to think about the literal things that make you thin and healthy? And then finally is maintenance. Do you know how to maintain your focus and your ability to stay on this path? Not once you reach your goal weight from day one to day two, week one to week two. Here we are in January, three weeks in. Wouldn't you like to have some maintenance strategies that you can rely on now, I bet? Never mind when you get to your goal weight, you see? So that's the mindset piece. Imagine having all of that at your disposal. You don't have any of it, you know? And then there's the lifestyle piece. Again, the eight habits I talk about. So when you start when you start adding, see what I'm trying to tell you is that the dieting thing, ironically, it's, it's turned your brains into mashed potatoes because there is no strategy there. They simplify it. The diets are like a carnival game. They take something that's difficult and they make it seem easy. Just cut the carbs out. It's just just one thing. Just just stop eating carbs. Just start stop eating for sixteen hours. You know, just just eat for an eight hour window. That's it. You'll lose all the weight. You know, just count your points. Just just count them. Just count them. You're gonna lose weight. You know, so they make it sound so simple, but they never help you with the granular details of how to actually do any of those things. You never learn that. And so you're walking around. I know what I should do. I don't know. I just got to get myself to do it. I know what I got to do. I just got to get myself to do it. Oh, yeah. How long have you been saying that for? Because you don't just get yourself to do it. You have to figure out. You have to learn how to get yourself to do it. And no diet's teaching you that. That's why you're just stuck. 20 years of being stuck. Not knowing how to change your weight. You know? And so, again, I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm here to snap you out of it. I want to snap you out of the dieting trance you're in. Because it's a hamster wheel. It's a fucking hamster wheel. You know? It's, it's like you're all in for a couple of weeks and then you're just completely all out. Then you get real upset again. Oh, now I'm all in. Doing everything and then for a couple of weeks and then I'm all out. And it's this, that over and over again. Nothing ever really changes. Sometimes the weeks turn into months and you get some good results and then you go back to it. You know? But you never change inside. You never change how you think about yourself. You know? You never, you never really shift your identity to become a thin, healthy person. And by the way, so, so if, if, if this makes any sense to you and you're not in my world yet, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you. Uh, it's called The New Thin Me. It's completely free. Um, then I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. And then I send you emails every day that help you and support you. My Spark program. I give it to you for free. Okay. Um, it's right in my bio. And you can click, click the link and do that. Or you can go to Program Yourself then and get it there as well. Um, Kelly, 40 pounds down since November. What? Last week, I went to Texas Roadhouse and didn't touch a roll. Look at you, Kelly. Very proud of you. That's very good. That's amazing, right? And, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like, like, just the... It's not just about the weight loss. And 40 pounds down is exciting. So that's a lot of fun. That That's super great. Um, but the other thing is that it's the it's the confidence. It's the It's the feeling good about yourself. You know, it's being proud of yourself for being in control of your behaviors. It's going to Texas Roadhouse, and I, I don't want to roll. I don't, I don't want to do that, you know? And now there's anything wrong with a roll. You know, sometimes you can do it too, but when you decide you don't want to, it's not the right time to be able to do that. It's, it's very, very gratifying. It feels very good. You know, it's a, it's a much better quality of life. Three kids that eat different meals. I haven't given into temptations to eat their food. Kelly, you helped my mindset. Thank you. You're welcome, Kelly. This is why I do this. I'm so proud of you. That, that is really, you know, and that's a challenge. So, so, right, so we talk about, like, everyone's got their challenges, 
you know, having kids, there you go. There's a big challenge, you know, having to make food for them, having that shit around because they never finish it, you know, they never finish the mac and cheese, you know, and it's so good. And it's like, it's, it's hard having these kids with all their bullshit food around and there's always food of it, you know, and then they're tiring and then you got to make food for them. So that's a big deal, Kelly. Your, your mindset must be in the right place. So it's congratulations. That's exciting. Wow. What an accomplishment. Um, that's great. Anna says exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Anna. So Anna, you especially make sure that you get um Anna. So so you're talking about like not knowing how to think like a thin, healthy person. Which is right, right? So the one thing I like to say is that you know, if you're watching this and you're struggling with your weight, you probably have you got two mindsets. You got an overweight mindset and you got a dieter mindset. Right? And and the best you can do right now is you can kind of diet yourself down to your goal weight, but the same problem still exists. You got an overweight mindset, diet mindset. No one, no one's ever teaching you how to think like a thin, healthy person. And you don't know how to think like a thin, healthy person because we learn through role modeling. And where the fuck have you been around a thin, healthy person that's explaining how they do it? It, it just doesn't happen. You, you know, you get, to be honest, I hate to say this, but it, it's like there's a lot of toxic thin people. Like, I, I never talk about this, but I think it deserves to be talked about. Now it's not up to me to define what's toxic and what's what you know what's a healthy and what's a toxic thin person. But I will say this that what a lot of times we see certainly on social media is you're getting people that are they're certainly thin, certainly have low body fat percentage, but their whole life seems to be about working out in strict eating patterns, you know? And I'm not knocking that cuz it's each their own and I think everyone should choose what works for them. But what I'm going to guess is that their way of thinking and being and who they are is not who you are. If you've been struggling with your weight for 30 years um, and you don't like exercising and you don't like tracking food and you don't like eating healthy, those people, their, their strategy is probably not going to work for you. You know? And I feel like that's a lot of the weight loss industry is people trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, trying to force yourself to follow a plan that doesn't really resonate with you. I see a lot of this. You know? There's... um. People that can do keto and love it, you know, but, but if that's not you, stop thinking that's the only way you can lose weight. And what I say to you is that start to honor yourself. I, I think that's another thing that makes me unique is I hate working out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I don't like working out. I haven't worked out in 30 years in any consistent way. I do yoga, you know, which is really the most gentle. I'm not even doing that hard yoga shit. I, I don't even do the Ashtanga stuff. Um, I do really gentle yoga. And um, what I've mastered is my eating. I'm a lazy person when it comes to food. And so I've mastered my eating and I don't work out much. I start doing a bit more resistance training now for other reasons. Um, but f learn from the people that you want to be like. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? And again, I'm not knocking like personal trainer type people. I, I think they're great. I ain't like that though, personally. I'm not like that, you know? And so you may not be like that. And if you're not like that, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? But don't try and be like them if you're not like that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's doomed to fail. It's doomed to be stressful. And so if you start honoring yourself and building around yourself, I think you're gonna find you have a much better time. Um, it's more comfortable, you get better results, and most importantly, the results will last when you do it that way. Um, Kelly says, my body thanks me every day for making better decisions. I see every day as day one, staying focused. Awesome job, Kelly. Yeah, my body thanks me every day. I love that idea. You know, I think that's so good. Great job, Kelly. 
Um, Anna says, to be fair, I'm healthy, but not thin. My mother was one of, um, she still is, but I stopped listening to her. <laughs> yeah, it's classic. I mean, the big shift for me, I would say, was I learned neurolinguistic programming, which was really, it's, hypno it's hypnosis-based, um, but it's really, I always think of it as the science of role modeling, right? Their idea is that you find someone who's getting the results that you want and figure out how they did it. Not just what they did externally. Everyone's doing that. The big difference is how do they think about things? And so I began to find people that had lost weight and kept it off for at least two years. And I would speak with them. I would interview them and I would talk to them. And uh, that was the biggest thing that I learned because what I realized is that the people around me before that that would give me ideas and suggestions were all people that were kind of struggling with their weight themselves. I always say this, the classic example is I, there was a guy who's a family friend growing up. He was a 400 pound comedian, great guy, funny guy. He spent the last 20 years of his life in a wheelchair, but he, every a bit younger, he, every week, every month, he was on a new diet, Just expensive ones too. He would sit, he would tell me about them, everything that what they were supposed to do, but he could never stick with anything, you know? So it's very important that you follow the people that, that resonate with you and they're getting the results you want in the way that you want to get them. Very, very important. Um, and again, I think if you look at your weight loss path so far and you, you're struggling, I think it's almost guaranteed that you look back and you're going to realize you've been learning from people that either A, aren't getting the results that you want, right? They're struggling with weight or the way that they got the results is not congruent with you. It doesn't resonate with you. You're not that person. And, and so you, you just feel you don't know how to do. You know, so again, that's why I say if you're in that boat, please go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, but more importantly, watch the training. It's about a half hour, but I lay out the whole thing I'm talking about here in a more systematic way. So at least you can appreciate that there's another way to approach this that's not dieting. And, and I think that can be a, a real eye opener for you, you know. Um, all right, everyone, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Great, great questions today. I appreciate you all. Kelly, great job. All right, that's awesome. Anna, go get the training. Watch it, okay? It'll help you. Um, yeah, we can be healthy and, and still overeat, okay? I understand that, you know? Um, being healthy and overweight is better than being unhealthy and overweight, for sure. And um, again, there's no, no one has to lose weight. You know, if you're healthy and overweight, which is a thing you can be, um, it, it, it's hard to be obese and healthy. Okay. But if you're, if you're overweight technically with the BMI chart and you're, and you're healthy, fine. You know, I mean, that's just a pre personal preference at that point. Um, but if you want to go, you know, if, if you do want to lose the weight, um, if you want to be healthy and thin, uh, as well, go, go check out that training I, I give you. All right. Um, Astrid, see you. Yep. I'll see you on the call later. Maybe I know it's late for you, Astrid. Today, so if I don't, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, yeah. Oh, you're welcome, Kelly. I, I love spending the time with you guys. It's one of my, my high points of my day. So thanks so much, everyone. Have a super day, and we'll talk soon. Bye.